You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining me right now, he uh, covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe, and it's uh, Dan McGowan. Dan, I want to start off. Governor Raimondo, uh, certainly a number of changes as we're starting to move into these different phases announced yesterday. Just your thought. So today is Wednesday, Massachusetts face covering mask is now mandatory rhode island apparently now we start on friday yeah i mean the the thing that i find so strange about this john is i feel like this has already been in in effect for a few weeks if you remember the governor you and i had this conversation they you know they they announced they're going to do this mandatory for uh you know for customer facing businesses but then the governor later that week says no, no, I expect everybody to wear their masks. And she even, I think at times, maintained that it was part of the executive order, which of course it wasn't. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of went along for a couple of weeks and other states kind of moved quicker, including Massachusetts to say, you know, we're going to do this. Um, now the governor says, you know, this will officially take effect on Friday. I think it's still very unclear about, you know, whether or not they're going to actually you know, slap people with fines or, or you know, find ways to, to uh, enforce this order. Um, but, you know, I, I think it is, I, I think it was inevitable, you know, as, as the governor, the governor continues to, um, I think more, uh, more aggressively than other, certainly other Democratic governors in the, in the Northeast, really wants to, you know, reopen this economy um, and, and, you know, wants to do it, I think, in a quicker fashion than, than like I said, than any than, than other governors. And so, you know, I, I think that that having a mask is going to be a significant part of that. Um, I, that's one of the things that's so interesting. And again, it's another thing you and I have been talking about for a while, you know, for all the the, the fighting and, and, you know, people here want to pit you know, Rhode Island or, or northeastern states against the president. It's funny that the governor and the president actually sound relatively similar when it yes. comes to we want to move this forward. And I think that's no surprise given sort of the governor's track record who she is. But she's getting a lot of credit for it here, whereas I think Rhode Islanders are, are less trusting of the president. But it's a very interesting dynamic because they sound the same. Now, there's a great shot, Dan McGowan, in the Boston Globe today. And Barry Chin, who is the pool photographer, he caught what is a great shot, and I think it's one of those shots that will kind of go down in the, you know, the archives as capturing a historic moment. What did you think of the moment yesterday? And, and I don't know if everyone caught it, but that's not just any face covering that Governor Mundo very prominently came out with wearing yesterday with her staff. But it's actually, I believe, like the Rhode Island logo because of the anchor that's um, 
that's that's basically the face covering. Not only that, John, you caught this on social media, but the the idea of coming out with masks on to begin that press conference uh, was was clearly a you know we want to send a message. We hear people that criticize us for not wearing a mask. Um, yep. I think you're right. I think that picture. Uh, I think it came out great, and I think it, it it will hold up as sort of a a real kind of the 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 picture of our time in many ways. Uh, but you know, it, it also shows you that the governor, um, as much as sometimes we think she's insulated and 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 isolates herself from criticism, uh, there's no question. I mean, you and I both get emails all the time from people who say, "Wait a minute, you know." They say you're not supposed to have five people. There's 20 people in that room. Or, you know, why, why is nobody wearing a mask? Clearly, they're hearing people because that was the reason. You know, you saw that it wasn't just the governor. Dr. Nicole had her mask on. Brett Smiley had his mask on. So yes. uh, they clearly wanted to send that message. But I, I think some people didn't catch the fact that they were doing that. Marjorie O'Brien missed the memo. She came out onto the screen. She broke the law. (laughs) And did not have it. She was supposed to, I think, come out with it, then take it off the way they did. But I thought it was effective then when the governor then went on to say, uh, think of it as you carry your car keys or your purse or your wallet. You just always want to have it on you. But Dan Dan McGowan, I want to just touch on something you mentioned. And I I think, and I don't know what the the solution to this is, but I'm going to put you and I uh, in the 1% of people that follow this more than the average person in every sure. day. And I'll even admit, you know, with with all of these, the problem with the quote, an executive order and a recommendation, but it's not the law. But now on Friday, I, I agree with you. I also was under the impression I thought we were all supposed to be wearing them, the masks out in public. I, I can't even keep track of of what's a recommendation, what's an executive order, and how is that different than what people are doing anyway? Yeah, I mean, so th- it's really interesting, John. I, I, on one hand, I, I think that this is the, uh, I would say consequence, I suppose, of doing a daily press conference. Yes. I think the governor has to have something to announce every day, and she finds herself, you know, there are days where let's just be honest, the result, the, the numbers are the news and virtually nothing else is going to be all that important. The governor's going to get a lot of questions about, you know, are we, have we plateaued that sort of stuff. Um, but she very much, and you saw her take this turn as the death toll really started to rise. Um, they do not love answering questions about people dying about the, the as the cases will hit 10,000 today. Um, they like to be able to say, here's what we're doing. Here's the executive order on masks. Here's, you know, three or four days of what phase one of this economy is going to look like, which none of us really still quite grasp. So I think part of it is she, she always needs to have something to, uh, to say. I, I think the other part here is uh, the, what they really want to avoid is having some sort of penalty to go with any of the, you know, the recommendations, orders, things that they want to do. And so if they can find ways to say, we really strongly urge you to do this, then there's, there's almost this, you know, the governor did her thing, but we're not going to uh, have an enforcement end to it so that you're not going to start, people are going to start calling John DePietro to say, hey, I got fined a hundred bucks for this. This is outrageous. So I think they really wanted to push out news without really having I hate to say having it thought out, but but both having it thought out and then also having kind of consequences or penalties associated with it. And so they just throw a lot at us um, every week. It feels like every day now is, is, is a new, you know, some version of a new announcement. Dan McGowan, in your story in this morning's Boston Globe, you do have the four municipalities that have most cases per population. What do you make of the number? I mean, Central Falls, that that is very high. Then it's followed by Providence, North Providence, Pawtucket. But boy, that Central Falls number really jumps out at you. Yeah, you're talking over 2,500 per 100,000, um, uh, you know, of population. To put that into context, John, that's significantly higher than New York City. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you're you're talking a, a, a huge cluster there. And I think, look, it's it's the reasons that that we all know about. Uh, it's a combination, I think, of uh, uh, you know, very dense dense populations. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of triple deckers in Central Falls, people, 
you know, still are working in many cases. They get the disease potentially at work. They spread it throughout their families. Uh, and then, and there's another story that I did this week that we can talk about. Uh, I, there, it appears, according to a lot of folks, certainly in the Latino community, there is still a significant um, amount of either misinformation or just no information that's really flowing through the Latino community. I think they have struggled to, uh, I think leaders have struggled to get the message across that this is incredibly serious and you need to, you know, have your mask on, you need to be taking precautions. At the end of the day, I still think it comes back to just being on top of each other. That density problem is really where it comes from. But that's, make no mistake about it. I mean, Central Falls probably qualifies. I haven't looked this up. I would venture to guess it must qualify as one of the biggest hotspots in the country based on those numbers. Um, and, and, and as Providence is still very large, North Providence is large in part, be, or in large part because of the uh, the nursing home issue. Um, it, it, you know, what you see in Providence and in, in, in Central Falls and even some level of Pawtucket, they've got the nursing home issue too. But you, you, that is the is largely the minority population that, that, that's, you know, coming down with the disease. Um, and, and so they, all three of those communities have real challenges. You wrote a great piece how Rhode Island became a central play in the saga and something that really jumped out at me and, uh, and just your thought going into it was, it's one thing you hear the quote, the phrase, the new normal, but Dan McGowan folks wrote the forever normal. Yeah, the, yeah I think you would agree with this, John. Uh, Jim McDonald from the Department of Health great. Ha has emerged as one of the great quotes he that has. you could ever find. He, he's, he's excellent. And uh, yeah, we worked when we I interviewed him for this story in a big, long, you know, 2000 word piece on on, you know, all the, the where the numbers are, how we compare and uh, and I asked him, I said, do you really think this is uh, going to, you know, do, my big question was, do you think we're gonna have to wear masks forever? And he said, and that's where he brought up, he said, you know, we're, we talk a lot about the new normal, but I am thinking about the forever normal. And he said, I'm not so sure about masks, but he said the handshake he thinks is completely done. That's how I ended the story, because I, I was startled by that. I, I, I suppose everything right now, John, is completely new to all of us. I couldn't imagine working from home for several months, uh, a couple of months ago. Um, but I still can't quite fathom not shaking people's hand forever. But, you know, Dr. McDonald's a serious guy. And for him to say that shows you, you know, kind of what the experts are really thinking. Imagine not being able to shake hands ever again. Folks, uh, it's John McChief. John DePietro with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Coming up, we're going to talk about the dynamic with the city of Providence, uh, what things are going to look like starting on Saturday, and a lot more right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it. As far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash.
Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. It's John DePietro, weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Folks, you can always listen online at DePietro.com. With us is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, um, the uh, the situation with the city of Providence, you know, I, I noticed as someone that obviously, well, we're all watching the governor, but it's almost as if they're waiting for the mayoral Lorza question to come up. It's been, to me, an interesting dance that the administration kind of does with him. Um, and, uh, and he's always, now he's announcing, and your thoughts, you cover Providence, you know Providence better than anyone, that he's going to maybe have his own guidelines when it comes to uh, opening the city. And something else that really stood out that the governor wasn't asked about yesterday, but this business, he's encouraging residents to shame others that, that if, he, if you see someone not wearing a mask, He's encouraging like mask shaming or lack of mask shaming. Yeah, it's like if you see something, shame someone. Yeah. <laughs> a, a line of this. It, it's it's very strange. Now, John, I've covered Alorza. Literally, I can remember sitting down with him when he told me he was going to run for mayor back in 2012. Right. So we're talking oh. eight eight years ago. He has always been a you know quirky, very kind of uh, uh, doesn't sort of follow the same you know, political rules that others have, you know, just his entire political career, he has been like this. Um, And this is one of those times where uh, it really comes back, I think, to to bite him. I think he generally has the same, you know, uh, uh, position on 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 where the the economy should go and, and what the governor wants to do. I think he's in general agreement with her. But he he can't quite help himself but want to do a little extra and it goes this has been the entire case um uh, throughout the the coronavirus you know he was quicker to uh close the restaurants than the governor was statewide uh you know when when they were announcing closing schools he was announcing we're going to close the city down and and you know when it was uh we're going to close the beaches he closed the parks throughout the city uh that's right and so he has, he has uh, I think, somewhat enjoyed having kind of a leg up a little bit on the governor. The problem is, you know, and he, what he would say is, just like we talked about in the last segment, I mean, my city has a lot of cases. You know, it's really easy to do this, to, to, to reopen things in, you know, uh, down in Westerly or something like that. So that would be his argument. The problem is, is that it's such a small place. The governor said this yesterday. Rhode Island is so small. And so much of the economy kind of runs through Providence that when you have the mayor who's a little more hesitant to uh, sort of embrace opening things up, um, I think it causes an immense amount of confusion. The other thing, though, and the more kind of practical problem that I'm hearing from the city of Providence uh, from that side is, you know, when you announce that, when you're the governor and you announce, you know, we're not sure what we're going to do with restaurants, but... Uh, we, we want people to maybe maybe they should open their parking lots up and, and, and have outdoor seating for, for customers. Providence and many cities have 
outdoor seating uh, ordinances and policies and licensing right. and things like that. Yes. And I think what happens is, you know, as much as the governor's office, I think sometimes feels like they get caught blindsided by what the mayor is doing. When they say we're gonna we're gonna make you you know have your have outdoor seating at all these restaurants, they didn't give the heads up in any real way to the city of Providence. Providence is sitting there thinking about how are we you know how do we we police this? Uh, you know it's really easy when you want to do it at Al Forno, but it's it's much different when you want to do it on the south side of Providence. Restaurants right next to each other. What's a club? What's a restaurant? Um, and, and I think so. So I think they are dealing with some just real practical uh, challenges. It's clear there is a miscommunication. You almost wish they would just kind of get in a room together or, or get on a Zoom call together and hash it out so that it is more consistent. I will say completely selfishly, John, as a reporter, it makes it at least it gives us a little something fun to kind of, you know, a, a fight between the mayor and the governor it gives us something interesting to talk about. Uh, but you, you just kind of wish they would just all get on the same page. And the mayor wants to keep Triggs Golf Course closed and the governor, you know, wants to have open restaurants. God, let them just do it, but announce it together so we know what it all means. Yeah, he has not been at any of those press briefings. I don't remember the last time we've seen the two of them together. Dan McGowan, I am curious. Now, yesterday, Governor Mundo first said, we talk every day. And then she she kind of backtracked for a second and said, well, actually, our people communicate yeah. back and forth. Do you know now Brett Smiley had worked for Mayor Mayor Lorza. He's now head of administration within behind the scenes. When you're talking about the mayor, who represent who from the governor's staff is talking to and who are they talking to on the mayor's? Good staff? question. So it's a lot. of It's certainly a lot of Brett Smiley, um, uh, you know. Oh, still. Yeah, even still, because I think what, what Brett Smiley's got this this issue with is he's the you know director of administration now. But because he, you know, has all of the. Uh, you know, all the relationships that he had both in the city of Providence, but also as the governor's former chief of staff. I think he's still very much the one who um, who communicates with the city. And on the city side, you know, this is it is not directly with the mayor. Let's be clear about that. It's a combination, I think, of the chief of staff there, a woman named Nicole Pollack, who's not a household name, um, a person who people may know a little more because you see her quoted a lot as a woman named Emily Krell. Yes. Um, yeah, Emily and Brett are, are kind of the ones that sort of put all this together. Uh, the, the, the challenge of that, and the good, on the good side, Brett understands the city as well as anybody because he was there. Um, but there isn't a ton of uh, I, there isn't a ton of kind of strategic policy thinking. You see that uh, uh, separate from the governor's thing. You see that with the, the, the safe roads or closing the roads. You know, you, they announce it. They have to roll back a bunch of them. Uh, there isn't a ton of, of, I think, strategy that's going into the city side announcements. I think that really frustrates the state. Um, and they end up, you know, in a place where it, it is not uncommon, John, I can tell you that, you know, if the governor has a press conference at one where she's announcing something behind the scenes, they're still having discussions about it up until 1130 a.m., maybe noon you know, before the governor goes on TV and tells the, the entire state what's happening. Uh, and so it, I think there have been a lot of headaches uh, from that. It, it's more of almost a lack of organization than, you know, a bitter, don't, don't think for a second, the mayor and the governor, I don't think that they're ever going to sit down and, and love each other. The governor's ever going to endorse the mayor for anything, but they're not, they're not enemies, but this is not, uh, was it Buddy Sancy and Link Oliver? Yes. This is not that. Um, it, it is more of just they're very different people. Were you surprised, Dan McGowan, uh, that Mayor Lorza was saying to shame people not wearing a mask simply because, I mean, as someone, again, that's covered him, uh, it used to be there was no loitering in, in Kennedy Plaza and, and downtown, and then he suddenly started to allow that. He's the one, you talk to the police, you talk to Joe Palino, all those problems with the homeless the loitering, the panhandlers, it all started under Alorza. And suddenly now he's encouraging people that if you see someone without a mask to shame them. You know, what's been so interesting is just the dynamics of people that you think you kind of have them figured out their views, you know, politically. And then a pandemic comes along and you have, you know, Governor Rondo having the National Guard going door to door. Narragansett for New Yorkers, <laughs> and Alorza is telling people to be shamed. I, I can't, and it, he set up the giving meters. I can't follow where these where these people are. 
Yeah, I, you know, there, he's harsher funny. than Since President time, Trump. President Trump wouldn't wear a mask yesterday, and the Lord is telling people if you see someone without it, to shame them. I can't. I don't to get shame it. Shame them. No, you're uh, you're exactly right in this. Here's the, the the strange thing about the mayor, and again, because I've covered him for so long, there are times where where he says something in you know a public setting at a press conference, or even if I'm interviewing him one on one, and I know him well enough where I will literally say. Mayor, are, are you sure that you mm. mean that, you know, th- here's how this sounds to me. Right. It's not to give him a chance to, you know, to uh, correct himself. It's more of just, you know, I, it's much easier to just get it right the first time rather than having to, you know, backtrack it the day later. It, it, you know, it's just for, for reporters convenience. Yesterday was one of those days when I heard him say the, the, uh, the thing about <laughs> shaming people. I, I called the mayor's office. I didn't call the mayor directly. I called the office and I said, hey. I was like, you guys, do you want to walk that back? Because people think that you're, you know, you're telling everyone to, you know, uh, throw apples yeah. at, at people who aren't wearing masks. And they, they, they said, no, you know, we're, we don't, we obviously don't mean for any sort of violent confrontation to happen. But, you know, we think that that is one approach. And I will say that the commissioner, uh, public safety commissioner, uh, Stephen Perry sort of agrees with that. He, 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 he told me at one point uh, during this whole process that, uh, you know, he, he felt like he, they didn't want to be arresting people or fining people. But, you know, if the community says, hey, you got to wear a mask, um, you know, that's a better approach. The, the problem, John, oh, is boy. as we as we start to reopen, you know, it's one thing when when you forget to wear your mask and somebody says, hey, where's your mask? And like it's ha ha and you put your mask on. It's another thing when, you know, you're you're at a, at a restaurant some night in Providence and you've had maybe two drinks yeah. and someone tells you. You know, this could get very ugly um, and it's not, this isn't hyperbole. I mean, this is a, this could be a, a really tense situation when the mayor is the one yes. that, that that's pushing it. I would think they're going to end up having to walk it back because again, it sounds like vigilante justice. It does. Um, and I would even put and, you in and, touch with yeah. a, a listener that sent me an email that he has an autistic son. So he doesn't like anything too confining on him as far as, you know, like mm. a hat or a mask or anything. And, sure, yeah. and now his wife, he sent me an email yesterday. The wife is afraid to take the son out. They go, I guess they go for early morning walks. And um, and now they're afraid to go out that, that she, they're afraid that someone's going to say something and shame this little boy who uh, who is autistic that that won't wear a mask. And I'm thinking, think how bizarre that has become where um, and where it's coming from. This is not the harsh tone coming from. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This is from the uh, progressive mayor. Folks, so coming up, we're going to take a quick break. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, I do want to talk about Rhode Island first in the nation on something, and then just where we go from here. Some fantastic stories on this in the Boston Globe. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home. Clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401 688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate. 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal, and let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400, 294-2400. 
a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station, Trailer Pickup and Delivery, 24-Hour Mobile Service, ABS Repairs, Brakes, Doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. With me is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, I, I don't know. This is no reflection on the governor. It's no reflection really on anyone, but it is to me somewhat comical. The first people in the nation charged with defrauding <laughs> the Federal Paycheck Protection Program is to charge them with Rhode Island defrauding the loan program. What is also comical to me is for years I did live reads for the Top of the Bay restaurant. And they have no involvement with that in any way. But that was one of the places that they listed a huge story about this in the Boston Globe. I immediately thought of you, you, John, because I, I remember all of oh, the yeah. ads for so long. And, and that's what I thought, play, what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, black, super, you know, huge black eye for, uh, you know, for Rhode it Island, is. because it, ha- it happens to be, our, you know, a Rhode Island story. It has nothing to do with anybody here, of course, anyone in government, of course. Um, but, you know, I, I, this is going to be a thing that you're going to see a lot more of. You're seeing this a little bit, not a little bit, in fact, a lot with the DLT right now. You're seeing a lot of uh, un- fraudulent unemployment claims. And I think the thing you see, and we saw this during the last recession, um, it made for great stories afterwards. But, you know, when, whenever the government has to hustle hard to, uh, you know, put together loan programs and, and you know, give out massive amounts of unemployment, things like that. It becomes completely ripe for people to to act nefariously. Yeah. Uh, and and this is, you know, let's be honest. This is the recession on steroids. You know, they're they're talking about Congress is talking about another round of stimulus uh, that they're you know prepared to introduce. I, I think it may happen today. And so, uh, you know, we're talking a lot, a lot of money that's out there. And so, it's no surprise that you're seeing that, but. It is, you know, you, you had to kind of look at it. My, my editors in Boston said, of course, it's Rhode Island that's involved here. You know, Dan McGowan, I also wanted to ask you, and I don't know the answer to this. So the stay-at-home order is set to expire Friday, so it lifts Saturday. We go into the new phase. Um, has, has What does that mean for the media coverage? People don't understand how it, it's very difficult to try to cover these situations. You don't have room. Well, there's re- really no opportunity for follow-up. There's, right. I think the media has been almost in some, some ways too patient with this whole system. Any, any inkling of how things are going to adjust starting on Saturday? Do you know, I, I, ha- I didn't ask about this this week, so I think the most recent comments that we can go off of are uh, the interview she did with Ted oh, Nisi, wow. what, a week or two ago, and that she was still pretty she adamant was. that this is not, you know, not going to be the, we're not going to have these things. I think she says, I think the the first phase of this, you know, of lifting the stay at home order will be um, going up to what ten people in groups. So one could argue there that, that does lead you, you know, in a in a potential situation where maybe you could you could relax some rules for the media. But she doesn't seem to want to do that. Um, and and you're right about this. Look, I, I've actually probably defended her too much on this uh, for for a while. I sort of I was annoyed by it, but but kind of live learn to live with it and and found you know your own way to ask questions and you know get in touch with her but you know we're coming up now in a time where she's encouraging people to start to go out again i do think it's important to um you know for for us as the press to be able to kind of be in the room with her and and kind of press her on some questions and, and you know i would even say this goes back to something we were talking about just a little while ago john you know th- there there's going to come a time where she doesn't necessarily need to have a daily press yes. conference and I, I wonder if you could, you know, maybe do it three times a week or as needed and then let the press in the room so you're not there every day. Um, 
I, I don't I don't know what the answer is to that because they, they, they've got to start sort of moving in that direction where, you know, we talk a lot. My, I should have included this in my story. We're first in the nation on a bunch of things. We're, we're among certainly the first in the nation to not allow reporters in the room to interview the governor. Yeah. And I again, I don't think regular people understand how that affects the reporting many times, especially questions with the Department of Health. That has definitely been a hindrance. And um, what also struck me is when she did speak with uh, Ted Nisi, your former colleague, she said, I haven't really thought about that. Maybe we could get a bigger room. You and I both know they don't need a bigger room. That that room is huge to begin with. Uh, I'm curious to see. I'm not going to waste a question during the briefing with that. I'm just going to wait to see what they come out with it. There's a great story, folks, in the Boston Globe. And uh, boy, Major David LaPayton, I hope I'm never in a car and he pulls up next to me and rolls down the window and looks at me in that way. My goodness, <laughs> he looks like, and I know him very well and I know his wife and I've been at a social gathering with him. He looks like he's going to say, get in. And I don't want to know who's in the back. <laughs> but crime in the time of the coronavirus, Amanda Milkovitz, Dan McGowan, she hits on so many different elements of this um, from the way police have to do investigations to what's going on at the prison to the courts. I think that's the most extensive story I've seen at how this has affected all elements of, of, of you know, crime of, of the courts and of just uh, protect of justice. I, I'll go one further. I think it's the most extensive story you've seen in the yes. country on this issue. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, look, Amanda Milkovitz is has been a crime reporter for you know, two decades now in Rhode Island knows the knows the place better than anybody knows that beat better than anybody. I was so glad when she started working on this story, because it is fascinating. You know, it starts off as the joke, you know, when you're on your daily call with your, you know, reporter colleagues, boy, everybody's wearing masks, it's probably really easy to rob banks right mm-hmm. now, you know, and you all laugh and you and you figure it out. But you you start to realize how serious you know, this all can be, how do you interrogate people? You know, Providence had a double, uh, you know, I guess it happened, they say in Central Falls, but two bodies are found uh, in Providence a couple of Fridays ago, uh, you know, just right by the 903, you know, right near downtown, um, which is uncommon for the city. You don't see a lot of double murders. Uh, And the struggle to, you know, be able to investigate that, uh, you know, obviously the inability to to, you know, be in court unless it's, you know, very serious or, or you know, essential uh, things. You know, you, you start to see also and I think uh, my former colleague at Channel 12, Walt Buteau, has done some good reporting on this. You've seen the consequences of early release a little bit in some cases where, uh, you know, where people who were let out of the ACI, you know, then committed a crime almost right away. Uh, I think you saw two of these now. And so. Yeah, Amanda has a really good story kind of summing up how all of this is uh, is playing. And it's not easy. And you're right. I mean, I think Major LePayne is going to frame that. That it's going to be the, the thing that, that that picture will be the, the picture he uses forever because he looked as intimidating as, as I've ever cow. seen. Him. You know, also in the story, Dan McGowan, I also learned how, you know, many of the inmates that are released, they have nowhere to go. So now they're staying at the Wyndham Hotel in Warwick. Now, as I step back. That makes no sense to me in any way. One moment you're in the ACI. Now you're basically like two miles down the road released at the Wyndham Hill in Warwick, which is being used for, you know, homeless and need to quarantine. Um, I'm just that that's the first place that I've seen that reported. I was unaware of that. Well, I was actually unaware of that, too. I mean, in in theory, if you if you think about it, it, it sort of it makes some level of sense. You know, I mean, one of the problems that some folks would say there are with the criminal justice program is that, you know, you get out, you do your time, you get out and there's nothing for you. Uh, and this is that problem on steroids, right? You, you have nothing and, you know, you, you can't even, you know, I mean, you certainly can, but you going to just live on the streets or going to, you know, Kennedy Plaza and, and spending some time there till you figure yourself out uh, is, is kind of frowned upon right now. And so, you know, you, you end up potentially at, you know, some of these hotels, and which is, which is I, I suppose, a good thing to have a roof over your head. But um, I, I can't imagine folks getting out are, uh, you know, finding themselves with very much opportunity other than a life of crime. I also just want to come back to, before we let you go, folks, um, the, the story you wrote, how Tiny Rhode Island became a central player in the coronavirus saga. Dan McGowan, it opens... I almost feel like I'm reading a movie script where Providence City Council 
person, Sabina Matos. Now, you think about this was not that long ago. You're talking about less than two months ago. She's on a radio program geared towards the large Haitian community in Providence. And what was the question that she was asked? Yeah, she she gets asked, can black people get the coronavirus? (laughs) Yeah. I was so uh, thank you, by the way, for those kind words about, about the opening. Uh, the, I was stunned by by this. Uh, th- to be honest with you, John, I, I wanted to talk to Sabina Matos for this story because I'd known that her father. And folks, we speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the. I'm Go ahead, sorry Dan. about that, John. I um, so I, right. I wanted to interview Sabina Matos of. And folks, right here on the John DePietro there you go. show, we're with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. I go wanted ahead. to interview Sabina Matos uh, because she because her father had the virus and and he ended up on a ventilator. And I thought it'd be a really interesting way to tell the story, you know, from the Latino community's perspective. And what happens? She starts to tell me, you know, it's not just the most interesting thing, and in, in that, that she had to tell me was <clears throat> she was adamant that there are folks in the minority community, the the <clears throat> the Haitian community, certainly blacks and um, certainly the, the Dominican community that really, really don't know about what's happening, uh, uh, you know, with the virus. And yeah, that was a startling question. I, I put this in the story, but y- you nailed this. I mean, this was not uh, February 15th. This was, you know, the no. middle of March. There were this, the state was already in the process of beginning a shutdown. Uh, uh, so we were not in a place where, um uh, you know, this was an unknown thing. And yeah, even she said, boy, I, I knew then that, that we had a real problem because it's going to take some time to get this information into some of these at-risk communities. And what you're seeing, unfortunately, the consequences is, you know, some of these communities have become real hotspots. Folks, he is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And you can start each morning, as I do, and many other people, thousands now, by getting an email that gives you everything you need to know. Plus, it gives you a rundown of what's in the Boston Globe. And Dan McGowan, the key is how can people get That's this right. Email? Super simple, John. Uh, uh, a bl- if you just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com, I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com. Uh, you'll start getting it first thing in the morning. And there's, there's brand new reporting in it. There's the link ups to kind of what we're working on today. We even have the excellent excellent parody that you wrote uh uh which Thank is you. really really good hilarious so if you want to get this uh, uh first thing in the morning again before 8 a.m just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com it's totally free and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow hey dan one last note and just i think you'll appreciate this but i've been speaking with some different business owners and especially in the city of providence but they are not um optimistic about what things are going to look like going forward. And I'll tell you exactly why they talk about in the past that it's so difficult trying to do run a restaurant in Providence. If you want to hang hang an awning that's going to be outside for outside seating, it's a huge process. You have the building inspector, the fire inspector, all these different things. You go back to uh, the whole university club and Plunderdome and Buddy Sancy, that game because they needed the city to play ball with an extension they want to do. Now you come into it's so ripe for political corruption where a political leader could say, I saw someone without a mask. I don't think those people are far enough apart, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I just going to be, I, I feel terrible for business owners uh, in what they're now going to have to be dealing with. And, and you just never know where suddenly they could say, you know, we're going to shut you down for 48 hours because we saw two tables. Too well, let me together. add something to that. Cause there, cause you're, that is, it's such a good point. And I, I feel for people out there, and hopefully, you know, the, the easy plug here is to say, if this happens to you, call me because, uh, you know, yes. that is that is wrong and something we'll, we'll cover. The other aspect to this, and this is particularly in, uh, I think, in cities, I think, in, 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 you know, it's less so with it, it can happen, but it's less so maybe with the legislature. But think about this place like Providence. We all talk about how much, you know, it feels like the mayor sometimes gets antsy and, and you know, wants to announce his own things separate from the governor. Those city council yep. members in Providence have been sitting yes. on their hands for the last That's couple right. of months. And yep. they, they're, they're all in their own way, you know, lovely people. But they hate when they have zero, you know, attention paid to them. 
And that's right. What what will happen, you know, as as the economy starts to open up, as you're right, you know, there's going to be a lot of score settling. There's going to be not just, you know, I, I hate to say that there will be some of that. There will also be the challenge of I haven't done anything, you know, in my neighborhood in a long time. And yep. somebody called me and, and had a complaint. I feel the need to come and call a press conference in front of the restaurant that doesn't have, you know, someone doesn't have a mask on. You will see a lot right. of that. And you will see, you know, we say in Providence, I mean, God, Cranston's got an election this year. You're going to see a ton of that in Cranston, I'm sure. Uh, because the closer we get to elections, the more people are going to be looking for even more attention. Well, and not only that, the person that has the complaint could be someone that didn't make a campaign donation. <laughs> Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, be safe. Great job. We'll talk you to too. You Thanks, John. Have a good one. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today at 353-9300. It's Alex. It's Scott. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 401-353-9300, located 1529 Mineral Spring Avenue in North Providence. Listen, everyone is sitting around. You're looking for ways to save money. They will help you save money going ahead as far as life insurance. Let them help you save money with your auto insurance, home insurance, business and life insurance. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, give a call to Alex and also Scott at 401 401- three five three ninety three hundred find out about protecting your belongings with renters insurance uninsured motorist coverage everyone is looking to save money right now and that's what they do let them help you save money it's alex mazika scott Zambarano, ae mazika insurance services call them today free consultation they can help you over the phone 401 401- Three five three ninety three hundred. Let them help you save money, and they will. Four zero one three five three ninety three hundred. It's AE Mazika Insurance Services, and look for them on Facebook. Listen, you're going to need extra money. Let them help you save money with insurance policies. AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call now. Free consultation. Four zero one three five three ninety three hundred. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service rhode island massachusetts and connecticut you know soul source restoration folks they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need as far as residential is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family for your friends for yourself soul source restoration same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike CP of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. 
Mike, Soul Source Restoration. And again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is, what would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. In with Soul Source Restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard it, you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporocyte and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermofoggers. These microthermofoggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DePietro, this does sound fine. Mike Seepy. Soul service restoration, it sounds fine, but I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. Mike, with soul source restoration, now you have the country is in pandemic, everyone is freaked, we are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com this portion of the john DePietro show is brought to you by lawn doctor call today your best lawn ever guaranteed 401-392-1025 401 401- 392-1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor at island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh consultation and estimate 401 401- 392-1025 Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time release fertilizer, professional blend of high calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 392 1025. Lawn Doctor. 